were, yeah, it's crazy thinking that just two weeks ago I was on the flight to Cambodia and one of the, uh, one of the flights, so flight AC61, uh, I was flying from uh, Toronto to Incheon and, uh, and the flight was scheduled to be a nice, short, 14 and a half hour flight. That was the plan. Okay, that leg of the journey was just supposed to be a manageable 14 and a half hour flight. Um, and that would have allowed me and my teammates, Peter and Steve, to get into Incheon in, in South Korea with plenty of time for us to make our connection for our final flight to Phnom Penh in Cambodia. But, but then we were on the plane and not long after getting on the plane, we started hearing this phrase 16 hours 16 hour flight, 16 hours, 16 hours, not 14 and a half hours. And, and we, as we were doing the math, we realized that that would cut things very close on the other end. So rather than it being, you know, a nice maybe couple of hours in Incheon, we knew that we would hit the ground literally running and hopefully make it to our next flight. Um, and we, we did, we literally ran all the way with, um, a Korean airport staff in her high heels was just leaning ahead of us and I was super impressed and I got there sweaty and hot and just sat down, you know, on the flight, managed to make it. But one of the questions was, why was this flight to Incheon? Why was it longer than it should have been? Uh, what happened? Well, our team leader, Peter, he did some investigating and he found out that uh, from one of the flight attendants, why? Because it wasn't something that they um, shared with the whole plane but it was shared with him, and you'll hear why. Um, because over the past week, Russia had been firing missiles into Ukraine, uh, into Ukrainian cities, and so as a result, the flight attendant said, we're avoiding Russian airspace, and so um, we had to stay away from that area by finding a different route, um, and so we had a detour. You know, we should have kind of just hit north and gone sort of over the Arctic, you know, but instead we went uh, west and we headed out from Toronto, over Vancouver, out into the Pacific Ocean, quite a long ways, and then we kind of angled our way north and made over. But that is what added 90 minutes to our flight, because the only way for us to get to Korea was through the detour. Um, in fact, the detour became our only option. There was no other option except the detour. Uh, if we wanted to make it into Korea, we had to come in from a different angle. There was no other choice. Um, yeah, I'd like to say thank you uh, yeah, to Darren Milley for sharing you know, the Word of God last week. I was able to actually tune in live. So it was evening my time and uh, it was morning here at, when I was at CM Week. And it was uh, wonderful to see all of you guys worshiping and thank you to Curtis for leaving. And, uh, and, and you know, just that whole idea of, um, of us wrestling with God and trying to extract a blessing from him. But he said, no, actually God is willing to bless us um, if we just receive it. And, uh, you know, and then, um, so that... It was really encouraging for me while I was on my trip to hear that specific message and to see all of you guys worshipping all the way from across the world. 
this, this morning from our lectionary uh, reading, um, we're revisiting a popular idea in Christendom, and that is the idea of, of justification, okay? The idea of justification. Now, I want to read it. Usually I have Stacy reading this on the screen, but because, uh, you know, our paths haven't crossed until this morning, um, I don't have that, so I'm going to read it. So now you get the uh, joy and the privilege of having a tired Welsh man reading it to you, hopefully not stuttering too much. Uh, but this is um, Luke chapter uh, 18, verses 9 through 14. Luke 18, verses 9 through 14. If you have a Bible, uh, that's where you can turn. Luke 18, 9 through 14. It says this. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and looked down on everyone else. Verse 10 says, two men went up to the temple to pray. One, a Pharisee, and the other, a tax collector. The Pharisee was standing and praying like this about himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, greedy, unrighteous, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, I give a tenth of everything I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even raise his eyes to heaven, but kept striking his chest, saying, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you, this one went home, went down to his house justified rather than the other, because everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So this idea of justification, um, as people who, 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 who trust in Christ and follow Christ, um, our, our, our ideal and our ideal goal for everyone is that they are justified. Uh, we want everyone to be in a right relationship with God. If you're a Jesus follower and you believe that, then you can nod your head. Do you want all of your friends and your family to be in a right relationship with God? If so, nod your head. Yes? Good. That means that you want them to be justified. Um, and, but, but what I hope this morning is that we can look at justification maybe from a bit of a different angle. Uh, we do want to get to justification, that is our destination, but there's going to be a bit of a detour like my flight. So, the question is, how, how do disciples live? And uh, disciples, they detour to justification. Let's say that together. Disciples detour to justification. So verse 14, let's start reading that. I tell you, this one went down to his house, justified rather than the other, because everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Now, as you can tell, I've dropped a sin at the tail end of our lectionary passage this morning. I've skipped a few verses, but I want to start here, because like I said, justification is our goal, it's our destination. So this word justification, we see it a lot in the Bible, uh, it's in the Bible tongues, it's in our hymns, um, you know, that, uh, that justification by faith is um, one of, if not the main idea of the Protestant Reformation, you, you may have heard of Martin Luther, um, Zwingli and others, uh, so this word justification is one of these key words, one of the central theological um, load-bearing walls of the Christian faith, of what life made new 
in Jesus looks like. So if you're sharing the gospel with someone, you might not share the word justification with them, uh, but, but, you, but you would probably explain a concept that, uh, that explains justification to them. So what does justification mean? Well, the New Bible Dictionary says this, that, that justify is a forensic term meaning acquit or declare righteous, the opposite of condemn. So it's a forensic term, it's a legal term, it's, it's, a, it's, it, it's an idea, a word that belongs in a courtroom. Then there's another dictionary that says this. On account of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the demands of the Lord God are met, and believers are granted the status of being righteous in the sight of God. So being justified is something that God does in a person's life so it's a, it's a legal declaration that God himself says that things between that person and him are good. They are declared righteous. They are in good standing with holy God himself. Now to help us understand this a bit, um, every year I receive this little card. It's about yay size, you know, small. It's in my wallet. I always have it in my wallet and every year I get a new one. And what this what this card is, is it's, it's a card from the Wesleyan Church saying that, um, saying that I, uh, well it says this certifies that Dan Wallace is an ordained minister in good standing with the central Canada district of the Wesleyan Church. And so I can tell you that I'm in good standing with the Wesleyan Church, but on this officially signed you know, piece of paper, piece of card, it proves that I'm in good standing. And, uh, you know, I haven't had any instances, you know, like a cop where you wave around your card and you get into special areas, but uh, there, there might, it might come and helpful at some point. Um, but, but on those Sundays where I feel like I'm not in good standing, where I feel that I've, um, that I've lost my temper, or I've sinned, I've had a bad Sunday, and those Sundays I feel, I, I, it's not even a head knowledge thing, it's a heart knowledge thing, I feel like I'm not in good standing with the Wesleyan Church. You know, I feel that I've somehow let the Wesleyan Church down, but this card reminds me that I am. It represents a greater truth than my feelings, that I am in good standing with the Wesleyan Church regardless of how I feel in any particular moment. And that's what justification is. It is God saying to the sinner, which is all of us here, it's, it's him saying to the sinner, we are good. We are right. Uh, you are off the hook. You can walk free. You are, there is nothing between us at all. We are, you are in good standing with me. That's what justification is. And then from verse uh, 18 of our passage, what we find out is, is really two things. One of them is that only one of these people was justified before God. One of them was justified, the other wasn't. And the second thing that we find out from this verse is that in order to be justified, you need to be humble. You need to be humble. There's no way to be justified if you are proud. So just think about that for a moment. For you to be in good standing with a perfect holy God, you need to be humble enough to be aware of your sin and your brokenness. 
in essence. It's the knowledge of your sin in your life that separates you from God, that creates a way through to a holy God. Let me say that again. It's the knowledge of the sin in your life that separates you from a holy God, that actually creates a way through for you to a holy God. And of course, this is ironic. It's like rain on a wedding day, right? And this is why I, did, I describe it as a detour. Because it's counterintuitive. Humility is the detour that leads us to justification. It's the, 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 the only way for us to go up to God, as it were, is to go down first. Humility leads to exaltation, which is, in this passage, is another word for justification. As God justifies you, he raises you up, he exalts you to places that you would never be able to get by yourself. In the same way that that plane allows me to get things, uh, or allows me to get to places that I'd never be able to go if I was just flapping my arms. So first, let's find out where most people get it wrong. Verse 10. So two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee was standing and praying like this about himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, greedy, unrighteous, adulterous, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of everything I get. In other words, if they were sat in our church, we would be a little bit in awe of this person. I'd be grateful to God that this person was in my church. I wonder if you've ever tried to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, right? It's a phrase, you know, he pulled himself up by his bootstraps. She pulled herself up by her bootstraps. And we usually mean it as something that's really positive and, you know, they're just a self-made person. But pulling yourself up by your bootstraps is literally, physically impossible. No matter how strong your arms are, you can never overcome your own mass and, and the powerful force of the earth's gravity acting upon you. You can never overcome yourself. And this is what this Pharisee was trying to do. He's trying to pull himself up by his own bootstraps. He was trying to prove that he could lift himself. His language, right? He says, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, greedy, unrighteous, adulterous, or even like this tax collector. I fast I, twice a week. I give a tenth of everything I get. So, so sure, I mean, it sounds good at the start. He starts by thanking God. Um, but so quickly he reverts to this kind of self-congratulatory thanks, right? Yeah, I'm thanking you, God, but really I'm thanking myself. He starts to list all of the good things that he does. And it seems to me that this isn't really a prayer. Or if it is a prayer, then he's God and he's praying to himself. God, I thank you that I fast. God, I thank you that I give. Lord, I thank you that I do these things. And so the mindset of a shortcut to justification can be summed up in a phrase. And this phrase is this. If you're trying to shortcut your way to justification, the phrase that sums up this idea is, um, if I can just. If I can just. Let's say that all together. If I can just. If I can just work hard enough. If I can just prove to God how good I am. If I can somehow show God, that I'm 
worthy of being included in his club, if I can just. My uh, friend Marilyn, uh, she used to do, love doing these word puzzles with her friend Evelyn, who's sat here. And what they try to do is called word, words, words in words. And what they would try to do is, is that they try to find uh, how many smaller words you could find in a larger word by mixing up the letters and all that kind of thing. And, uh, and each of these words, if I can just, are found in the word justification. And there are so many people who are playing this kind of word-in-word game, trying to get right standing with God by justifying themselves. Um, And so in a sense, this is the direct route to justification, is, uh, is, is this route of if I can just. It's the straight way there. It's a shortcut. It's us saying to God, God, I will get to you by my own efforts. I will get to you by my own shortcut. But this never works. You can never reach the destination. You always stop short. You know, in the same way that we could not reach Inchon from Toronto by the most direct route. It would have been absolutely impossible. We had no choice but to take the detour. And so we say to God, I'm going to pull myself up by my own bootstraps. But we can never lift the weight of our brokenness, of our sinfulness, of our humanity. It's impossible, but pride says that if we just give it a good go, then you can lift yourself up. But it's a lie. So if pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps doesn't work, then what does? Well, the only way to God is through the detour of humility. It's by saying to God, far from uh, pulling myself up by my own bootstraps, I can't even tie my own shoelaces. I can't even tie my own shoelaces. I'm not even able to do that myself, God. And so what disciples of Jesus do is that they admit that spiritually speaking, they cannot even tie their own shoelaces. They say, I just can't, which is which again are words that are found in the word justification. I just can't. You know, and it's like that kid, right, who's itching to go outside and play. But they have to wait for mum and dad because their shoelaces aren't tied. Or it's like that senior whose hands are crippled due to arthritis who cannot tie their own shoelaces. Or it's like 30-something who's undergoing months of therapy after a brain injury and they need to relearn basic motor functions. Again, they cannot tie up their own shoelaces. The only way for them to tie up their shoelaces is to ask someone else to help them. It's for them to say to someone else, I just can't. I just can't. And the only way for us to be justified with God, to be in good standing with Him, is to say to Him, I just can't. Please help me. Or as the tax collector said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. So, which are you this morning? Where do you find yourself in your version of justification? Are you someone who says, if I can just? If I can just try a little bit harder, God will love me. If I can just get him to see my spiritual resume, then he will accept me. Or are you someone who says, I just can't? 
Lord, I wish I could do better, but I just can't. I wish I could make you proud, but I just can't. I wish I didn't keep screwing up and letting you down, but I just can't. Friends, my invitation to you this morning is not to find a shortcut to justification. Don't try to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. It is a waste of time. Instead, embrace the detour to justification. In the same way that I have no choice but to sit back and go, I have enough time to watch another movie because I've got 90 <laughs> extra minutes. Right? Just embrace the detour you know, to justification. Embrace humility. Go low in order to get high. Or to go high. Don't get high. Get high. <laughs> Admit your shortcomings. Right? Just be honest with Almighty God. Just like the tax collector in our story today. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even raise his eyes to heaven, but kept striking his chest and saying, God have mercy on me, a sinner. He didn't just say this once. He said it over and over and over again. God have mercy on me, a sinner. You know, our, our only hope, friends, to be justified with God is through the cross of Jesus Christ. You know, he was the only one, Jesus was the only one who could pull himself up by his own bootstraps. Right? He was perfect, he was whole, he was full, he was content, he had no lack whatsoever. And throughout history, God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit have watched humanity repeatedly try to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. And each try, each time they failed miserably. Cultures and societies came and went, came and went, and no one figured out how to do it, how to get in good standing with God, even though every generation, without fail, says, if I can just, if I can just do this, if I can just do this, I will get there. And they fail because they're too heavy with their own sin and their own, broken, uh, with their own brokenness. You know, you can't pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Because we can't even tie our own shoelaces. But Jesus came and he lived among us as the perfect human being, as the only human who did not need to be justified. And he came and he lived the perfect life, this life that we are incapable of living. And then he suffered and he died in our place. And he rose again and in dying and rising again, Jesus became our source of justification. Romans 3 verse 26 says this, that God presented him to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would, this is Jesus, so that Jesus would be just and justify the one who has faith in Jesus. He's just and he's the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. So for us to be right with God, we don't have to say ever, if I can just. Instead, we can rejoice in the truth of, I just can't. We can be humble. We can take the detour, because the detour of humility is the only way to the destination of justification. During my trip to Cambodia, I didn't have a lot of time to pray. I was uh, always on the run and uh, moving from one place to another. And, but so instead what I did is I spent a lot of time with our tax collector friend and I was meditating on his words. God, 
have mercy on me, a sinner. And I rolled this prayer around in my mind, and any chance I got, I got my prayer bracelet out, and I went through one loop of just saying that over and over again. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, have mercy on, on me, a sinner. And with each of the 28 um, yeah, prayer beats, and I was just praying and meditating and enjoying this simple prayer. God have mercy on me, a sinner. And what I realized as I was praying this prayer is that there is that this isn't just a prayer to pray when I'm sorry for something or when I feel that I've let God down. In fact, thinking this would do a disservice to this prayer. This prayer is an every season prayer. This is an always prayer. This is a prayer that you can carry around in your pocket everywhere you go. And every circumstance you are in, you can pray, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Because it's always true. And its words are appropriate to every context you could ever find yourself in, in life. And also, this is the gospel in seven words. You know, it says that it's all about, you know, God. And it says, have mercy, right? Save me, help me, God, would you intervene? Would you do what only you can do in my life? Have mercy. And then it says, on me, it's a personal prayer. It says, God, I need you right now. I need you. I need you, Jesus. And then it says, a sinner. And that represents all of us. I can never come to God in my own righteousness. I can never come to God in my own presumption. I can never insist on my way. I, can, I, I have no rights. I am a sinner. I am a sinner. So every time I was meditating on this phrase over in Cambodia, every time I prayed the, the round of prayer beads on my wrist, by the end of that one round, I felt God. I felt a connection with him. That he is having mercy on me. That my sin is not the end of my story. That his grace and mercy is sufficient for me if I let him. And so as this passage says, if we pray this prayer and make this prayer the prayer of our heart, this, it says that we will go home. We will be justified. Only one person in that parable went unjustified. And it's not the one with a list of accomplishments. It's the one who says to God, I just can't. And so that's what I want to do now. I want to give us a few minutes at the end of this uh, service. And I, want us, and I want to give you time to pray this prayer. So if I can just have the uh, synth cut on. And... Uh, what we're going to do is, is we're going to pray, God have mercy on me, a sinner. We're going to do it for five minutes. And those five minutes might feel long, but it, it will be worth it. Um, so maybe there's a situation that's causing you doubt or causing you to lose hope. Let me just bring it down a bit there. If there's a hurt that is unhealed, there's a habit that you know will end up destroying all of those that you love if you keep on going. If you have a hang-up, if you have a regret that just eats away at you, you know, friends, that's okay, bring it to God, because God is not interested in your list of accomplishments. God responds to your honesty. 
And so, as this music plays in the background, let's just pray this prayer. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. It's just you and him right now. You know, you're in a safe place with your brothers and sisters in Christ. So you can just whisper it. You can just say, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. You know, what I do is I breathe in on the God, have mercy, and I breathe out on that me, a sinner. So, sounds funny, but... That is praying without ceasing. God have mercy on me, a sinner. And uh, in fact, if you want to kneel at the front, you are welcome to. So uh, let's let's um, stand for 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 this. Uh, let's all stand. And I just want, if you feel you're too close to people and you want to go sit somewhere else where there's a bit more room, now's your opportunity to do that. If you're happy praying this prayer right where you are, then. You know, that's awesome. So is there anyone that would like to relocate to somewhere else? Okay, if not, let's all have a sit down again. Okay? And as we're praying this, maybe it helps you to have your hands open as a sign of surrender. So let's just do this. Um, pray, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Or even you can just pray, God, I just I just can't just meet him in that moment. And in five minutes, uh, we will wrap up. Let's pray.
if you prayed that prayer, God have mercy on me, a sinner, then I declare over you that you can go home justified. That you are going to go home in right standing with Almighty God. Why? Because everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. But the one who humbles himself will be exalted. The only way that I could get to Inchon was by doing a 90-minute detour. There was no other way. And the way that disciples live is by detouring to justification. And they do that by praying the prayer, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Hallelujah. Thank you.